I've, I've got a theory that I wanted to float for Luis Silva and Luis Gill. Hey, everybody. It's... And I know you thought we were dead as a podcast. Not as people, but as a podcast. But this is a very special After Dark edition of Off the Crossbar, a Real Salt Lake podcast. I'm here today with one Trevor Brady, who you might remember from other editions of Off the Crossbar, a Real Salt Lake podcast, or perhaps from being generally ridiculous on Twitter. Trevor, That's this is where you say hi. Not, not unfair, like, but kind of unfair. It's fair. Kind, so, kind, kind. Okay. Trevor is remote. He's off in the land of... Where are you nowadays, Trevor? Um, I'm in Santa Fe currently. Mm. Santa Fe, New Mexico. Not Santa Fe, Utah? No, not Santa Fe, Utah. I mm. um, wonder if there is one. I, there isn't one, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Been all over the state, but I've never heard of a Santa Fe. I'm going to Google it. Oh, Santa what? Fe, Utah. Anything? There are Santa Fe apartments in Salt Lake City. <laughs> Ooh, I wonder who owns well, those. Hold on, hold on. Oh, is it going to be Deloy? It might be Deloy. Let's see. Uh, hold on. I don't. I feel like we should have looked this up before. I, I we do this we do this every episode. We I like come up with something, and then we're like. Let's look it up. And then we spend two minutes of dead air looking it up. And then it's never as I, interesting as we would I try to mumble prob- during it. It is not <laughs> a Deloitte Hansen property. As is near it anybody as I can else tell. involved in the local soccer scene? I don't, I don't or think even, so. No, screw it. Are they involved in soccer whatsoever? I, I have no clue. I couldn't figure out who owns it. Oh. But Deloitte so Hansen's like- Wasatch management properties are all kind of unified, so... So they like to keep that that up front and center and all that. Under the same LLC. Uh, sure. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> don't ask me. I don't. I don't do that sort of thing. So, okay. we're here today to talk about not apartments, but about Real Salt Lake. I suppose that's not surprising, uh, especially as we have a. Quite late kickoff tomorrow against one Sporting Kansas City. Kickoff's at like nine, right? Yeah, and for once you're in the same time zone, right? I am in the same time zone, so congratulations. Yeah, not watching the game at ten would be nice, but yeah. nine isn't a whole lot better. It's not the two hours better that I was hoping it would be, but whatever. Yeah, well, that's what you get for doing whatever you're doing out there. I read an interesting article about what you're doing out there, and it was, <laughs> Trevor, I've got to say, tut tut. You you read that article, huh? Yeah, I did. I didn't respond that to article, your DM, but no, I I shouldn't. Honestly, I probably shouldn't talk about that much. <laughs> I know. I might get in a little trouble. If anybody's interested, DM me, and I will fill you in because it's great. Or just wait till I get back in Utah, and then you guys can ask me in person. It's w- a fantastic story. I will but. say, Trevor himself doesn't seem to be charged with anything, or in any sort of <laughs> trouble, or doing anything really bad, so it's not really that juicy, but it is interesting. Okay, so well, let's talk... Yeah, never mind. Keep going. 
You interrupted me. Let's talk Kansas I'm City. So uh, okay. You keep interrupting me, Trevor. <laughs> I, I think that's inevitable when we're not in the same room. Uh, but let's just move on, I suppose, with your rudeness. My rudeness. Okay. Yes. Um, let me let me ask you this, Matt, because yes. as I thought, as I told you before, I've I've watched Kansas City like zero times this summer um, or this season, I should say, except for the times that we played them, and even then, I think I missed one game. But anyway, to my Poor question, shame. to somebody to somebody who has paid much more attention to MLS uh, than I have, is Benny Failhaber actually like legitimate? This season, because I know like the last two or three seasons, everybody's been like, Benny Failhaber is really good and he definitely should be part of the U.S. national team picture, which maybe I haven't seen it in years past. But apparently this year he's got like 14 assists and like eight goals, which is by any standard really good. I'm actually going to double check that stat because that sounds uh, way too high. He has 10 goals or 10 assists rather. Sorry. And I think I think my numbers are like across all competitions, so it like includes Open Cup as well. Oh well, that's I, I don't know if you want to look that up, but he has six goals and ten assists, so th- that's a, a good outlay certainly. Uh, but you know, and and maybe he's he's doing well and having a good impact and whatnot, but it's just so hard to really take him seriously. <laughs> I will say, and this this will hint briefly at what we're talking about later uh his numbers in 2013 were roughly equivalent to louis skills numbers in 2013 uh as far as minutes or as far as goals and assists uh goals assists passes pass completion rates key assist rate you know key pass rate uh that sort of thing chances created did you say 2013 or 2014? 2013, when we went to MLS Cup against them. I did this long so rambling piece uh, comparing our players statistically, and he and Louis Gill were the most comparable players, which I think is interesting and says something about him. I don't know what that well, is. It says, about, it says something about Louis Gill in 2013. Uh, his numbers weren't great, though. They, they were like... No, that's, they weren't. Solid MLS backup numbers. But they're also, I think, his best numbers as a professional. Oh, yeah. He had a severe dip, not a severe. No, but severe a is accurate. Dip form from 2013 to 2014. He played, I think it was like, it was 700 minutes less, I think. Yeah. He went from, I think, about 1,600 to about 900, if I remember right. Yeah, that sounds about right. I'm very clearly not looking at this, but I remember it was it was a huge dip from in yeah. total minutes and his production was even worse. That's as true. far as assists and goals and stuff like that. I don't know about passing. I didn't look that deep into it, but his passing's fine. And then going from twenty fourteen to twenty fifteen with Louis Gill, I I need to talk to Charles because he was gonna give me a whole bunch of numbers, but I don't think it's gotten any better. Uh I don't it, if it has gotten better, I'm surprised, uh, especially because Real Salt Lake is playing significantly worse. <laughs> yeah. uh, or was. I think I think we've turned a corner, and that leads us right back into our match preview. Uh, off this Louis oh, Gill nice. train for now. We'll, we'll deboard, deplane, or whatever. 
and talk back about uh, this upcoming match because it's bound to be an interesting one with Real Salt Lake coming back into form finally uh, for the first time in 2015, arguably. Uh, Real Salt Lake has looked like a team, just flat out any <laughs> team. They look they less like a mess. Awful. Yeah. And that's I pretty do, big. I do like that. I do like that we we've chosen um, come back into form. Uh, just because it, we've now used it to describe RSL on this podcast, as have other people. Uh, people have used that to describe Plata, and my favorite this year was when they just used that to describe Darlington Nagby when he scored a goal two or three weeks ago, and they said, "This is him coming back into form." when he hasn't scored a goal in, like, 35 straight matches. Yeah, he's and not a goal scorer, that, right? Like, no, he's not, but apparently at one time he was in goal-scoring form when I think he scored three goals in, like, nine games. Yeah. Something like that, like, in, like, 2013 or 2012. So, anyway, that's, that phrase makes me laugh now. I... We're coming back into form now that we've won three games in a row. Two games? Three games. Two and... I don't Three remember. including Open Cup? That sounds close. Yeah. Anyway, it, it's funny. We haven't won three games all this all year, and that's, now we're coming back to the form. That's true. Yeah. And, and you know, that's it's just how you frame it. Uh, we're coming back in the that form it's... that we haven't seen since early 2014, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But moving back on to Kansas City... Uh, Let's let's talk briefly about what we might see from this team in terms of lineup, because I think there is something interesting there. Uh, Jordan Allen, who I think became our midfield backup uh, in place of Louis Skill, uh, is injured. He has a hamstring strain of some kind or another and won't be playing Uh partly in a bid and actually he he stayed back from the or withdrew rather from the uh, mls homegrown game uh so he can try to to get fit for this upcoming road trip Real Salt lake has in to start august the ten thousand mile road trip yeah something like that although it was interesting uh brian dunseth the wonderful and great man he is uh said it was hardly the worst trip they they could have and going from Orlando, not Orlando, wherever it is, uh, D.C. maybe, uh, to Guatemala is about the same as like Salt Lake to D.C. or so. Uh, and that was interesting. Yeah. I hadn't I hadn't framed it like that. And then I remembered where Guatemala actually is, and that made a big difference. Where did you think Guatemala was? I just, I, just further south, curiosity. just further south than it is. I I. Like did you think it was in South America? No, just I forgot how it kind of plateaus out there. It's not like oh, further okay. south than most of Mexico. I think I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got that trip coming up. Jordan Allen won't be playing. Opening the room for a start for one Louis Skill, potentially. Which should be, I think, a little bit controversial. For you know, good reasons or less than good reasons. Um, controversial that Luis Gill might start a match. Yeah, at this point, I think controversial does frame it properly. Do you disagree? Uh, 
I, you have a way of that. Help me understand why you think it's controversial, because I don't really think it's that controversial. Uh, mostly because well, people are upset I, I about him. Convinced. So okay, so it is just fan reaction basically that you think it would be controversial. It's not because he's done anything on or off the field specifically to not earn a starter spot. Uh, I think you could hear arguments, and they are probably not totally off base, that his performance against Colorado may be enough to say, don't start this kid right now. His head's not in the right place. His total performance or that one momentary lapse that everybody has latched onto? Uh, his total performance, if you remember, if I remember correctly, was about 20 minutes in the game. Yeah, he it, came on and he was a late sub, right? It wasn't significant. Yeah, he, he did not significantly significantly contribute offensively, and except for that one lapse, he was not bad defensively. You, I, yeah, and so far as there and wasn't a whole lot I, to do outside of that one moment. And clearly, I'm not trying to downplay that one moment. That one moment is. I don't want to. We'll get into that. Make, make too big of a splash, but it was a careerly bad moment. Like ten years from now, people will still look back and be like, "What was he doing on this play?" That Car- was it was careerly. Was that's good. Careerly bad. Yeah. I don't. Anyway, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Um, but if you want to go back to Luis Gill later, we can go back to Luis Gill yeah, later. Yeah. I don't think it would be controversial for him to start. I think it would make a lot of sense for him to start. Do you think uh, he's the right sort of player with Luke Mulholland at the defensive midfield spot? Uh, no. Well, let me back up. I don't think we would play Luke Mulholland at the defensive midfield spot. Despite our having done that already. Despite our having done that already. Um, well, I mean, we well, might. I'm, I'm not... I'm not saying we won't. I think that we have seen, and this might be Trevor not paying enough attention, I think we've seen success with Sturzer and Pekka playing that as much or more so than we have seen success with Mulholland playing that. I I would definitely argue against uh, having seen success from Pekka playing there because we've seen yeah, him play infrequently at best. Yeah, okay. But Sturzer, anyway. Sturzer is the guy, that he's, that's the name that comes to mind. Yeah, uh, for me, for that position. Me too. Uh, I would and, imagine we see a Sturzer. No, wait, we've got Morales this weekend, don't we? Yeah. Why wouldn't we have Morales? Uh, yeah. Okay. I I don't know. I think it's a toss up between two of those three would start, and I I wouldn't be surprised by any of those: Sturzer, Mulholland, or Gill. Do you think if Louis Gill does not start, that spells anything for his Real Salt Lake career? And don't don't go too deep into that because we've got that segment coming up. I was I was just gonna say let's let's hold off on <laughs> the RSL career portion. Yeah. Um, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't read too much of it, too much into it. I would I would hesitate to say that it that it it has more of an effect outside of just regular rotation. I mean, Luis Gill has not been a starter dead set all season. So if if he doesn't start a game, it's not surprising. Yeah. I think that if yeah. you take into context Colorado and maybe his performances since then, um, you might be able to make a case, but I think you would be definitely reading into things maybe a little bit more than you should. But 
we'll get into that because reading into things way more than you should is a lot of fun. That's yeah, I can agree with that. As someone who sometimes does, I I I wouldn't be surprised if he starts. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't, and I don't think it means too much either way. In the context of this one game, I agree. Okay, let's talk about the defense because the predicted lineup uh, that I think Real Salt Lake produced sees uh, Justin Glad and. Aaron Mond next to each other. Uh, however, I'm I'm of the opinion that that's probably not going to be the case because we do have Elias Vasquez back. Yeah, I was going to say I thought we've we've had him back for a week or two now. Yeah, um, I would think Vasquez gets ahead of Glad. I th- so it would be Vasquez and Mond, right? I think so. Uh, but Justin Gladden, I think this bears bears repeating, has been really good surprisingly good right he has yeah no i i think um i don't know if i said this on twitter but i I know i meant to um you said either at the end of last season or the beginning of this season you said a couple of times when the question was asked who's going to be the next young person to make a big impact you brought up glad a lot thinking that he was going to play a lot and he was going to be really good and i was the one who was always like uh he's not going to see the field for like two more years He's going to play in the, for the Monarchs, and that's going to be it. So I didn't really have a whole lot of expectations, but you were totally right. Yeah. He got on the field, and he's been phenomenal. He hasn't had any, I mean, even moments where you're like, this kid is 18, so he's going to do it. You know what I mean? Like, when you see 18-year-old kids play, they make mistakes, and you say, that makes sense because he's 18. Yeah. He hasn't really had a whole lot of those this season at all. He's been very, very good, and he's been playing way better than you would ever expect an 18-year-old to play. He hasn't been, like, starting above everybody else good, but he's been a very, very good backup. Yeah, and that's, I think, one of the great uh, things to come out of this season. I don't want to say surprises because even the club preached that a little bit, that this kid was really good. And I remember once uh, Garth Lagerway at a... At like some Real Salt Lake event, so, you know, after after we signed Justin Glad, saying this kid will be one of the best players to come out of the academy so far, and I think he's held true to that, and I think that could remain the case, uh, but we do have some really good players coming out of the academy, so we do. And I I remember I don't know if it was Garth, but I know I remember somebody said something like that when we signed him. Yeah. And at the time, I remember thinking, well, we've signed like three players out of the academy, and two of them have been duds. You know what I mean? Which so at the two time, were I was duds like, for you? At, uh, Benji and um, Munez. Nico and Munez. Toyo wasn't, isn't really a dud anymore, but he's still not like MLS starting fantastic player. You know hey, what I mean? It looks like Benji Lopez is at Santos Laguna now. Yeah, he's been like... Not that this that is, makes him like a great player, but just as a, a no, short but, update on the player. Yeah, I, I don't have have we or anybody seen anything official about that? Because I, I know he's been in and around Mexico a lot for the past six months, and it's always been kind of rumored that he was going to sign with somebody. Yeah, uh, I don't but think I've seen anything he, official he's yet. Gone through, I think he's gone through almost now two transfer windows worth of time between being cut from RSL. And signing with another team. And it's interesting, isn't it? So, 
he may not actually be a soccer player anymore. It might. I mean, once somebody isn't signed for like a year, which is about the length of time that Benji Lopez is gone, he he may not be a professional player anymore. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would say that he right now is definitely a dud, Benji Lopez, and that kind of pains me because I I really wanted him to be good, but yeah, he's never really he never really performed well for the reserves. Yeah. Not in preseason when he played. Um, he just wasn't – didn't really ever see anything that made you think he was a really good player. Yeah, that's Once fair. he got out of the academy. And on the non-dud sides, we have Carlos Salcedo. That one's pretty obvious at this point, as much as it sometimes pains me to say that. I'm going to go ahead and say that he's no longer an RSL product. <laughs> well, he, no, he was, he, though, is, right? He was, but for like, what, a year? Two years? Yeah year and a half like he didn't he didn't grow up through the academy like a lot of these players did yeah um especially the ones that are coming out in the next year or two yeah i mean he was with chivas guadalajara or was it chivas tigres. or was it another team tigres he was with tigres through their academy and then came up to rsl's academy when he was like 16 and a half or 17 and then played for a season and a half and then graduated like he yeah he he, he definitely counts yeah, but with an asterisk, I think. I can I can agree there, uh, and then Lalo Fernandez, I would I would say is not a dud, uh, but it's also really hard to rate goalkeepers when they're young. I think. It is. Um, I think everything I, we've seen from him is that he's a good shot stopper. He's assertive and he has good distribution. But yeah. we haven't seen him in a in a really testing environment yet, and that's fine. That time will come. No, it's he's to the point now. Um, excuse me, I did some unofficial research on this just a couple months ago, so this isn't like hard and fast rules at all. But okay. generally speaking, at the age that he is, which he's 21, 22 years old, um, that's the age that goalkeepers that are that become great or become really good, or at the very least, starting goalkeepers. Um, that's the age when they really need to start seeing actual minutes. Goalkeepers that are like backups until they're 23, 24, generally speaking, stay backup keepers. They don't ever usually break out. Now, there's exceptions to the rule, but I went through, I think I did like seven or eight or nine MLS starting goalkeepers and a bunch of the backup goalkeepers in and around MLS um, and just went back and saw when they actually started getting minutes. And that holds, generally speaking, true. Um, and that's, I think I brought it up on an episode a number of months ago where I said that he needs to start getting actual minutes. And this is what the Monarchs is fantastic for. Because even if he's getting minutes with the Monarchs, that's getting minutes, game time minutes. It doesn't matter where you're getting minutes as long as you're getting minutes as a, as a young goalkeeper. Um, so yeah, he, he's definitely getting minutes and we're actually seeing him. And he is a decent goalkeeper. It's definitely too early to say that he's going to be um, you know, a, a really lights out, fantastic goalkeeper. But the next, as a twenty-one-year-old, uh, the next Ochoa. Yeah, yeah. As a twenty-one-year-old playing in USL, he's really good. Yeah. Uh, the Monarchs are definitely a better team with him um, playing goalkeeper instead of uh, Oswald and Rodriguez. Yeah, is that the other two that usually play? Yeah. Now they've got Christian Hernandez as well, or Herrera. Excuse me. Herrera. 
Uh, and, and he ha- he hasn't played yet, and he probably won't play this year. But but he well, is he, a Monarchs player now. He's 17, 18? Is he 18? 18. Straight okay. out of the academy. Full full tenure there. Okay. Yeah, and he's somebody that I'm kind of excited to see. Because, again, as an 18-year-old playing against 18-year-olds, he was pretty good. Yeah. And he's but gigantic. But as an 18-year-old playing against older people, I don't know how good he is. But, again, Monarchs are awesome for this reason. Okay. So, uh, let's round it out by talking about our forward situation. Uh, we clearly okay. don't have Alvaro Sabrio available or with Real Salt Lake any longer. So I guess we can just move on and say a wistful goodbye. Goodbye, Alvaro Sabrio. I feel so bad because he deserved so much more than, than what he got. He deserved more from the team than to be traded halfway through a season. I'm, he deserved maybe, more than to be traded it... halfway through a season and not having us as fans know that he was ever going to be playing his last game. I don't remember what his last game was, but nobody knew that it was his last game. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I feel like there should have been some kind of recognition of Alvaro Sabrio from the team. And I, I know that the way that the sport works and sometimes you don't get to do that and that's life, but I mean, it's just kind of crap. I wish he got a better shake at the end. Yeah, I understand. It's it's a really tough profession to do that with, right? Like when, yeah, and especially when... for some, he's sorry. Go, I interrupted again. It's okay, Trevor. Uh, when sorry. things aren't working and you have to take action, like I guess you just have to take action. Like and and the results have been okay so far. Yeah, yeah, and and so far, and and we'll get. Again, we'll get more into that move later, but it's something that, by all accounts, it makes sense, and I get it from a business and sports team operating stance. Like, I I get it. It makes sense. And if you're 31, you're probably not going to – you probably haven't really earned that whole what I would like to have seen Sabrio get. Yeah. You know, like a a last game, a standing ovation, you know, whatever whatever it is that – you want to do as a 31 year old player yeah you're probably going to get traded halfway through the season that happens yeah so yeah especially when you're like i don't know it's it's a really it's a weird one we'll talk about it later uh okay so other things uh forwards. oh oh forwards uh so do we see Olmes garcia or devin sandoval starting uh clearly that is an effect on where sebastian jaime plays and that probably should be factored in as well um. What? Oh wait. <laughs> oh good. Good thing I can think before I speak. I was gonna say, why wouldn't we just see all three of those guys? Who else is in the forward core that would push one of those three guys out? Um. Good job, but Trevor. I'm not saying that. Yeah, I know. Um. Anyway. No, I I think um, we probably see Sandoval. Okay. That would just, I mean, it's a guess. I, I think we've seen um, we've seen both, and Kassar clearly hasn't really stuck to one way of playing of the front three with Jaime and now with Plata back and going back and forth between Garcia and Sandoval. It's kind of always been three of those four. Yeah. Or at least the last couple of games, anyway. He, he hasn't 
picked one and clearly stuck with it. And part of that is because, um, part of that is just because of Jaime's red card. Um, yeah. And yeah, but he, he just hasn't really stuck with one starting set three or made real consistent substitutions with that. He's always been kind of forced to change things. Um, throughout the game, especially the last, what, six or seven games when we've had three or four red cards through him where he just has to change something, and that usually means changing a forward. So yeah. I, I don't think yeah. he's he's dead set on anything yet, and I don't think it's unfair of him to be – or – I don't know what I'm saying. I don't think I don't it's know either, a problem. It's not a problem that he's not set on anything. Okay, I um, agree. We've had We've had he, circumstances that have – been a yeah. little extenuating yes that's what i'm trying to say so i would i would opt for jaime's central i think we get a lot more out of him there and i think we get mm -hmm. more out of that central position with jaime there than with sandoval there and i really i i appreciate what sandoval does for this team uh, but the goal scoring potential that jaime presents right now in that spot uh makes him i think undroppable for me and we'll see if that's the case, but and it would be great to see yeah, Sandoval get into goal scoring form. That'd be perfect. That's that's best case scenario. But go on, Trevor. Yeah, it, it's really kind of because um, between Sandoval and Garcia, obviously it's going to be one of those two that that doesn't start. I mean, it's not going to be Plata. It's not going to be Jaime. Um, it's it really just a matter of which one is playing worse. As obvious as that sounds, um, Garcia and Sandoval both this year have done, for the most part, what's been asked of them. They just haven't been scoring goals. Yeah. And there's neither of them have stepped up in a big way in either the goal scoring or the assist category at all. Yeah. So I, it, it's really, I think, like what you said, it, it, it would be forced by what Jaime and Plata have been doing. And Jaime has been much better at the central, or the team with Jaime has been much better playing centrally. Um, and I just, I don't really think Sandoval is a wing player at all. So I feel like we'll probably see Garcia, but not because Garcia is better than Sandoval. It's just because Jaime is better in the center and that forces Sandoval out. Okay. I would agree with that. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Sandoval yeah. does a lot to build possession, I think. And that's something he's very underrated in. Uh, and he also... Like, his hold-up play is different from Sabarillo's. He's not going to hold the ball up and win a foul uh, in a pretty dangerous position. He's more likely to hold the ball up and kind of dribble back a little bit uh, for a simple pass. And I think that reflect that that's a, a good thing to do, uh, but it's different, and the team looks different that way. Yeah, um... But at the same time, he, he does that, but it would be fantastic if he was just a little bit more of a creative player. Because yeah. he can get the ball and hold the ball and then put himself into a different position, create himself a little bit of space so that he can then pass to somebody. But he just doesn't really ever seem to get like a killer pass. You know what I mean? He just maintains possession, which yeah. is that, – that's why I, I would say he's still basically the same player as Sabarillo. Yeah. Because Sabarillo – the only other element to his game is he got fouled a lot more than I think Sandoval does. Yeah. Um, but other than that, he 
he just holds the ball up until he can make a pass. Well, Sabarillo's pass never really playmaking passes. You know what I mean? They're just possession passes, which I think is kind of what Sandoval brings as well. Yeah, typically. Uh, the one thing Sabarillo, of course, had was excellent finishing when he yeah. was in the position to finish, <laughs> generally. Oh, yeah. And not always. Yeah. Yeah. If, if we're going to talk about finishing, then yeah, Sabarillo, definitely. But I was just talking about strictly as a hold-up player. Hold-up style of play, I guess. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so I think that kind of wraps up our discussion on the match on Friday, uh, or today, if you're actually listening. Um, I hope we didn't talk too much about the specifics, because you're probably not listening to this on Friday. Unless you are, in which case, thank you, I guess. <laughs> but we want to stay at least somewhat relevant. And Did we... Yes, Sorry, okay. real quick, not to go back. I meant to ask you a question that I never did. What's the status of Schuler? Yeah, I, we were just managing minutes, and that's why he wasn't playing the last game or two. But I think I'm wrong on that. I actually am not sure. The team has not predicted him to play, so I think that says something about his status. Okay, fair enough. But we'll see. Again, it's it's another one of those. I guess we'll find out, and it's a little frustrating. <laughs> but whatever, we'll get over it. Yeah, I will at least. You can get over it, too, if anyway, you want, Trevor. I will. I'll try. I'll okay. do what I can. Okay, so... Anyway, so that's our preview wrapped up? Yes. Well, good. What's right. next? Uh, next is a break. Not because I need a okay. break, but because we've got to insert music somewhere to break up the monotony of our voices. And from there, it's moving on to talking about the transfer window and all the fun that produces so let's take a quick break we'll come right back uh you won't even know that we were gone pigs they tend to wiggle when they walk the infrastructure rots and the owners hate the jocks with their agents and their dates if the signature break. we're back oh we're back yeah oh. oh i thought we just took a break we we did Oh, wow. Couldn't even tell. I know. Lightning fast. All right, so this is the moment we've all been waiting for. Uh, We're going to talk about the state of the team, what we expect to see in the transfer window, what we have seen in the transfer window, and so forth. And Trevor, I think you wanted to kick it off, right, with a a little discussion of Louis Gill and Louis Silva, new Real Salt Lake player. Never seen him play. Probably won't see him play this weekend either. Uh, but potentially could play this season. Uh, so, Trevor, why don't you kick us up on that? Um, I'm going to try. Here's the problem. If I go too long, let me know. Because I, I know I'm probably going to rant on this. You um, usually do. Yeah, right. Anyway, um, so here, here's the thing. We got rid of Sabarillo because he's not in the long-term plans. We brought in Luis Silva. Luis Silva plays basically the same position as Javier Morales and Luis Gill. Uh, Correct? I, I, I might argue on the Luis Gill thing simply because we just haven't seen him much at that position. Okay, that's, that's totally fair. The idea is that Luis Gill probably plays that position better than the position we played him in for the last three seasons. 
Potentially. Is that fair to say? I think that's potentially the case. We have, not we as RSL fans, but we as United States national team and youth national team fans have seen him play that position, and he usually plays pretty well. Yeah. He's had a couple games where he's not been very well. But when he plays that position, either for us or the national team, he's generally a pretty good player. Yeah, and I think we've seen him play that position a little bit this year. And none of the team looked good, really, until a couple of weeks ago. Uh, or yeah. maybe a month so, ago. So it's it's hard to really pass judgment on that. It is. Um, and I know he's played the position for us a couple times in the past past seasons, obviously. Um, and when he's played the position for us, it's still been kind of hard to judge. And part of that is because it could be the team. Like, is the team bad because the team is bad, or is the team bad because Luis Gill is playing and not Javier Morales? You know what I mean? That always kind of seemed to be the problem, and especially this season. When Gill has had to play that position, is it just that the team is not good? And that's why Luis Gill hasn't really looked good? Because in that position, if you can't really be phenomenal at that position, the attacking center midfield position, and have the rest of the team just look terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. The, the, the way that the team looks as a whole kind of relies on that position. So if, if that player is having a bad game, generally speaking, the team has a bad game. That's obviously not always true, but that's why it's kind of been hard to judge Luis Gill. Is it just because the team is bad and that rubs off on Luis Gill, or is it because Luis Gill is bad and that's been rubbing off on the team? And we just haven't seen him in that position enough to really know that for sure. Okay. But beyond that, Luis Silva plays basically that same position. A center attacking creative midfield position. Yeah, higher and, up rather than further back, generally. Yeah. Um, and when he played that position for DC United in the past, he was never really, I don't think, I'm obviously not a DC United fan, but I don't think he was the out-and-out out starter at that position, but he certainly played that type of position a lot, and he played a lot for DC United. I believe my numbers are right when I say that he scored 11 goals last year. That is correct. Which is I think more than Javier Morales scored and definitely more than Luis Gill scored. I'll check your Javi numbers. So as far as production, he is a good player in that position. Yeah, I don't know I, what his assists are, but I'm sure he's got a, a number of them. He had four last year. Now that's where he differentiates from Javier Morales, who scored nine goals. And had like, what, 12 assists? Correct. And oh, he's nice. actually on pace to break that. Who, Javier's? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but anyway, getting back to it. The way I see it is is this. And this is pure speculation. The most fun speculation. Okay. Um, there's obviously all the move Sabrio to create space on the cap, which makes sense. And he's not in the long-term plans, which makes sense. And then you bring in a midfielder. Um, Javier Morales is going to retire sooner or later. And that's probably going to be in the next two to three seasons, if not sooner. I, I would venture sooner. The way he talks about this season and the way after his concussion he talked about the frustration he had there, uh, it makes it sound like this season could be that season, that last season. 
Yeah, and I know that nobody wants to say that because that's a terrible thought to have, that this could be his last season, but I'm kind of thinking it might be. I've been thinking this that season, for three years now, that this would be his last yeah. season. This season or maybe next season, but I don't think if he plays, I mean, if he's still on the team next season, I think it's not as a starting role, as, yeah. as an old man off the bench type role, which yeah. is fine. He would be fantastic for it. But either way, I think we get this season and next season out of him, maybe. And the team is talking about long-term plans. Well, how does Luis Gill fit into that long-term plan? That's a oh, wonderful last, question. Over the last two or three seasons, it would seem that Luis Gill's long-term plan from the team was to develop him for eventually taking over Javier Morales' role. That's kind of what they've all been talking about, and that's kind of what everybody assumed. Yeah. Rightfully or wrongfully, that, that's kind of the assumption. Okay. Now, I think looking at the numbers from, um, what was it? Going from when he started at the club um, six years ago, which was way longer than it sounds. Um, but anyway, he every year, year after year, played more and more minutes leading up to 2013, where I think he played, it was like 1,600, 1,800 minutes, something like that, I think we said. I'll fact check you. Played a lot of minutes. I think it's the season that he's played the most minutes of the team. 2060. Most minutes of his career. 2060? Correct. Okay. And then in 2014, those minutes started to drop for a couple different reasons. But I think part of those reasons is just that Javier Morales became or is still a fantastic player. I don't think the team really accounted for how good of a player he's going to be at 35. Yeah, I honestly that... think the team kind of thought he would be sitting on the bench a lot more this year than he than he was going to be, and that would give Gil a lot more opportunity to kind of make that position his own. Yeah. And uh, especially after that injury in 2011, like that he's recovered this well and is better than ever. It's, it's exactly witchcraft. Exactly. Four years ago, I think the team was thinking in four years they're going to have Luis Gill play that position, and Javier Morales probably wouldn't. But Javier Morales came back better and just kept getting better, and as you just said, is probably still getting better as far as production, more assists, more goals. So how do you bench that? You don't. So you just hope that Luis Gill is fine, still playing you find a role for him, which we did. He's kind of played on the outside of the midfield for the last year, two years, three years. And you just kind of hope he's happy enough with that role to know that in the future, that won't be his role. That's not his long-term plan. But I think the team has just kind of maybe been screwed a little bit in keeping him in that role. And that makes him unhappy. Luis Gill. Okay. That's speculation on your part, right? Oh yeah. No, totally. Totally. I have okay. like, obviously let's just, speculation. just wanted to clarify on that. Yeah, he may be unhappy in that role. And if he's unhappy in that role, maybe the team starts to try to motivate him to show or to say, give us more time. We know that you're going to be in that role. And so they pay him a huge salary to kind of keep him happy until he can get that role. And we just got salary numbers out and he's making $350,000 as maybe just better than a bench player. For his production, he is way overpaid, and I don't think there's any debate about that. No, uh, it is worth noting that he started out pretty well paid uh, six years ago. So his that he's at this number isn't isn't shocking. Those are I I think they're slightly they're better than average increases, but they're not like huge increases. 
but starting oh, yeah, out yeah, as a generation Adidas player, he was making quite a bit of money. Oh yeah, no, I think it was just two or three years ago he was making one hundred ninety thousand a year. Yeah, or just under two hundred, and that's steadily grown. But even still, I think it's fair to say, in MLS, nobody else is going to pay him that much and get the numbers that they've got from him. I think that's fair. Yeah. Okay. So, what does the team do? Now they've got Luis Silva in, thinking that Luis Silva's contract, as has been reported, ends at the end of this season. So we basically got him for the next couple of months, and then we either re-sign him or let him go. There's rumors linking him to Mexico, and there have been rumors linking him to a Mexican move for not a very long time, but a while. They've been around. They've been floated. For a bit. So, for a bit. And now... Well, I mean, even going back when um, Luis Gill played in the U-20 World Cup, there were rumors of him being sold to another team. We kept him. There was even, uh, I think, a report of a solid offer from a team in the second division in Spain who was going to offer us a lot of money, and apparently the team turned it down. Nobody really knows if that's true or not, but that yeah. was... I don't remember that, that was specific re report. Uh, I'll find I remember... I I don't remember what the team was, but I think somebody said they offered him $500,000. And it was like a second division team in Spain. And it was, I think, the only offer okay. that they said. And that's why they turned it down. Because he didn't want to go play in the second division in Spain. That's but anyway, fair. again, part of that, I think, is also speculation. But I know there was definitely a report of an offer that the team turned down. But anyway, so you bring in Luis Gill, or Luis Silva, who was paid about half, less than half, of what Luis Gill is. And over the past two seasons has put up way better numbers. He's a yep. little bit older. Um, he's been playing in MLS, I think, a little bit more regularly than Luis Gill. I don't know if I'd say more regularly. Well, if he hasn't been playing more regularly, then that's not any better because he still put up 11 goals last year playing not regular minutes. Oh, yeah. Last year he played regularly. Before that... Uh, yeah, no, he's, he played, uh, at least 27 games, uh, 27 games in 2013, 2014, and 30 games in 2012. So that's, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. So he, he's been around the league for a couple of years and he's played many minutes for the last couple of years. So coming back to the team's thinking, long-term plan, Luis Gill takes over after Javi retires, maybe... Maybe Luis Gill is unhappy. Maybe Luis Gill wants a move. Maybe the team realizes that they're spending $350,000 on this player that maybe doesn't want to be here anymore. Um, and maybe money isn't keeping him happy. And you also add in the fact that his contract has been reported to also be up at the end of the season. It, it's been reported and confirmed, Plenty. So no controversy and there. Confirmed. Both players, Luis Silva and Luis Gill, contracts are up at the end of this year so you either have to find a replacement for gill louis silva is not a bad replacement for louis gill or you just bring somebody in to show gill that they're very serious about maybe moving gill and i think gill might realize that if his contract is up at the end of this season nobody else is going to pay him i don't think in mls anyway nobody else is going to pay him the same amount he's going to lose money if he says in MLS, I think, I think there's there's it's hard because he's due a raise by the collective bargaining agreement. Uh, so he'd have to renegotiate his salary in the re-entry draft. But here's the thing. He's not old enough nope. to go through the re-entry draft. 
if his contract ends, then he's not due a raise. I thought the raises were only standard throughout the length of your existing contract. Because the teams can teams can renegotiate contracts and sign a new contract to get a player to a lower wage. That's yeah. happened numbers of times. Yeah, yeah. It, it just wouldn't – it would be a, a renegotiated contract. And it's a little – the CBA is a little hazy on that. And if we had the full text, it would be so much easier. But, but there's some what confusion it, over that. So, speculation. Yes. Let's keep going. Okay. So, the team um, – has invested a lot of money in Luis Gill over the last couple of years. Or at, at, this p- at least a lot of salary cap room. So, yeah. Go on. Yeah, okay. So at this point, does the team stay with that investment or do they just cut it loose? I don't if know. they cut it loose, then they don't even bother signing Luis Gill to a new contract and then they just find a player to replace him. Luis Silva. And maybe you sell Luis Gill if there's any kind of offer or try to trade him. But again, with his MLS contract currently, I don't think there's any team that would take that, even for the end, even through the end of this season. If they do sign through the end of the season, it would be at half his cap hit. But that's still huge. Yeah, it's 165. I mean, that's it's not insignificant. Yeah, I mean, even. Um, moving Sabarillo off the roster. I mean, Sabarillo was making a little bit more than, than Gil. Ish, yeah. But not, not like way more. I mean, it, it'd be, you'd have to find a team that would be willing to take on that big of a, of a cap hit. Yeah. And obviously we found one in DC United, but that's also because they got to get rid of somebody who was also not making an insignificant amount of money. Yeah, and... And they had a little bit of cap space because of the Eddie Johnson situation, which still just breaks my heart. And I realize that sounds really insensitive to put it that way. Yeah. Because he has a heart problem. Yeah. Oh, why'd you have to bring that up? That's sad. Anyway. Um, so that's, that's where speculation becomes fun. Are they looking to get rid of Gil or are they looking to just motivate Gil and show him that they, they could be serious about just letting him go? Yeah, and or maybe get to... by this season. Yeah, or maybe do they just – maybe do they sign Luis Silva to a contract, keep Gil, and maybe just sell Silva later because he does have rumors to go to Mexico. Maybe they just sign both of them and see which one pans out and which one doesn't. You know, kind of keep that um, – that competition factor, yeah. you know, keep, keep Luis Gill motivated. And Silva's a great player to do that. That's potentially the case. Yeah, I agree. So I, there's, there's just a lot of angles to this and it's a lot of fun. That's, I think that's fair to say. Okay. I think Any we, thoughts? uh, Any thoughts? I mean, Crazy I, talk? I always, ha- I mean a little bit, uh, <laughs> For me, uh, the Luis Silva edition is it's it's a position we need to be stronger at. Uh, a backup for Javier Morales is important. Uh, and I think Silva can probably play out wide in our system. Uh, I don't think he's an out-and-out winger. I think he... But I, I everything I've seen leads me to think that he could play like an inverted wide player pretty well in this system. And 
that remains to be seen. But but there's there's an opportunity to try him there and see how that works out. So it's potentially uh, increasing depth across the team in multiple positions. So it's potentially not even related to Luis Gill at all. Uh, I don't. Th- I don't think it's not related to Luis Gill, and I'm not totally convinced we see Luis Gill here come August sixth, which is the end of the transfer window, I think. Um, but I, ah, it's. I don't know. It's yeah. So let's let's go back to this. Kind of get off the Luis Silva, Luis Gill thing. Wable said. Um, uh, has said that he's Weibel. been in talks with a couple of... Weibel? Weibel. It's Weibel. It's closer to Weibel Wobble. So I like that better. Oh, boy. <laughs> anyway, Weibel has said on a couple of times that they've been in talk with a couple of different international players that they're looking at bringing in. And he hasn't really been very specific beyond that. They that speak Spanish. Okay. <laughs> he did say that. So... Okay. So he's looking at bringing in a couple of players. I don't know that we have the room on the roster right now for players to be brought in this window without somebody leaving. We have room for one player. We have room for one player. And that's because Fijo Valle was loaned to Real Monarchs on a full-time basis earlier this year. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because I was thinking we have – how many players do we have on the roster? 27. 27 and yeah okay so one spot so but as far as cap space i don't do we really has anybody run the numbers to give us a rough idea of what our cap space might be not not really uh we we were kind of right up against it so this would free up some we also have targeted allocation money that could make a difference there as well targeted allocation money can only make a difference if we're buying down a dp uh, or it cannot just buy down a regular player. That's what general allocation money is for. Correct. Or to bring in a player in that 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 lower DP range. So you could bring in a player making five hundred thousand, you know, on the cap, and buy it down to a to a non DP level. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So it's still, so it, it's kind of acquiring a DP. Yeah. It's the same, except instead of buying down a current player, you just buy down your new player's contract. I believe so, yeah. That's an interesting idea. I don't think I thought of it that way. But anyway, okay. But do we have the room for that? Do we have the room for another $350,000 on the cap uh, without somebody significant? Well, we just freed up about two hundred to 250000 with the Sabrio trade. Uh, but also brought on Silva, who added no, that- seventy five. That's uh, with that number considered. So two to two fifty or so. He's making two fifty. He's making about one fifty. Sabo is making between three fifty and four. And of course, cap hit numbers are different uh, than salary numbers. So just for whatever that's worth. Okay, but sorry, never mind. I'll run through the math later. But okay. If you say we cleared two twenty five to two fifty, I'll believe you. And and that combined with targeted allocation money, even if we were right up against the cap, would be enough uh, to sign a designated player. 
To sign, well, yeah, okay. Sign or not sign, it doesn't, okay. Because if you're buying down a designated player with targeted allocation money, uh, you have to replace them with a higher paid designated player. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But, so in theory, it is possible to add somebody, even a DP quality, potentially, or a lower DP quality, without moving anybody. Yeah, higher, higher or lower. Additional exports. Correct. But if they're going to bring somebody in at that level, they're not going to bring them in for a short term. They're not going to bring them in just for the end of this, just to the end of the season, right? Correct. That, that's that's def- going to be a long-term acquisition. Definitely. I wish we knew how many more other players were going to be out of contract at the end of the season besides Luis Gale and Luis Silva. But a long-term acquisition I don't think sounds good for one of those two players. Yeah. Uh, Javier Morales is also out of contract. This oh, is, is he? The, yeah, it would be the second of his option years. Ooh. Year. So... All this offseason is going to be so much fun. Ugh. Are you excited for it? No. Be excited, Matt. Please. Uh, all right. I'll think about it. <laughs> but we're getting ahead of ourselves. We don't have to look towards the offseason at all right now. No. Yeah, we have to get through the season first. <laughs> Why, though? Are we going to make the playoffs, Matt? Yes or no? Right now? Yes. But okay. only just. And maybe we crash oh. out in the first round. Oh, we definitely crash out in the first round. I mean, unless we get some major drastic changes. Some Italian player. Yeah. Somebody who used to play in the Italian league. Huh? Huh? You see where I'm going with this? Sure. We need to sign Ibrahimovic. That's what I'm saying. I was thinking more like uh, Matuidi. Buy (laughs) down. No. Why would we buy Matuidi? Why not? I hear he's on a free, right? Sure. Yeah, let's buy Matt Tweedy. We could do that. Okay. He'd, he'd, he'd bring the goals. Anyway, that's that wasn't as exciting as I thought it would be, all that speculation. Yeah, I mean... Or was it? Was it? No. Ah, dang it. Okay, okay so, so my bit of speculation is that we sign an Argentinian player. Uh, I have no idea who it would be. I did spend about five hours on Football Manager last night uh, in the editor, not in the actual game. Uh, so this is even less fun than it sounds. Uh, uh, just looking for Argentine players out of contract uh, as of June 30th. Uh, and as we know, the, the database of Football Manager is 100% accurate when it comes to contract lengths and terms. Is that right? It's really good. It's surprisingly good. <laughs> but okay. uh, so no real findings. Nobody that made me say like, ooh, sign him. Um, sadly, uh, because I think we sign a younger player, uh, younger players obviously tend to be, you know, on, in contract longer because you want to tie a player down. Not literally, or maybe literally. No, Matt. And, and, and it still doesn't cover for like other nationalities other contract situations where they're actually in contract and we purchase their rights. So there, there's a lot to think about, I guess. So basically we've got nothing except that they speak Spanish. 
Uh, they're from a country that speaks Spanish. Now, it's possible that they emigrated there late in life and don't actually speak Spanish. <laughs> We're entertaining all possibilities. Yeah, Craig Weibel would be happy with this, I think. Yeah, I feel like it's not going to be Argentinian. Because? Because we've done that before, and I think Weibel knows that everybody likes Argentine players, and so he wants to throw people off the scent. That, I don't, I don't know if that makes sense to me, but that's okay. No, it really doesn't, but, and I get that, but at the same time, I just think the Argentine thing is maybe a little played out. I don't know. Uh, Portland Timbers just signed Lucas Milano for $5 million. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait for him to just not produce anything at all. Sort of like Ka? Not Ka. Uh, Adi. Three-letter names. No, Adi's been... Okay. Good. Decent. And they didn't spend $5 million on him, so... That's true. They did pay a transfer fee, though, right? I thought they got him on loan and... No, yeah, okay. I guess it was a loan with an option to buy. Is that what they said it was? Uh, I'm not sure if it was an option to buy or if they negotiated a deal after that, but... but I guess... He was on loan for the, the last part of last year. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't a... They didn't buy him straight up. Okay, he has eight goals in 21 games. That's not awful. Yeah, like, he's occasionally a pretty decent player. Yeah. And he's young. I would like Milano to just like not see the field at all and then just have Porter come out in three weeks and be like, he's actually really terrible. That would be amazing. Uh, that would be the best. But that's just Merritt Paulson schadenfreude. Did yeah. I say that right? Schadenfreude, yeah. Yeah, sure. okay. So I, I like seeing bad things happen to Merritt Paulson. Not bad things, like funny, sad things. Yeah. Like if his yacht sank. <laughs> Not with anybody on it. No lives lost. Yeah, no, that'd be bad. Just just sank. Yeah. So I think that, that kind of wraps up our speculation, Trevor. I think what we've come to the conclusion of is that we don't really know much of anything. Uh, Luis Gill is definitely out at the end of the season. I think there's not much to keep him here. It would be surprising if he stayed. That's all I have. Yeah. <laughs> You're so good at this hot take stuff, Matt. I know. Uh, I need to be less <laughs> conservative in my hot takes. Yeah. You need more fire emojis. Yeah. I'll get there. That's okay. We'll work on it. All right. Should we call it a night? Anything else? I mean, is there anything else we can really talk about? That's even relevant right now? Uh, there's just so much uncertainty around this club that it just makes it hard to talk about it sometimes. Here we are sitting on an hour of rambling, of course, but whatever. Yeah, well, Par for the it's course. rambling is, is what it is. I mean, that's not really different from anything else we've done. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Yeah, we better call it a night. Okay, well, thanks for joining me on the air, Trevor. Not literally on the air, or in the air, or any of those things, but, you know, whatever. I think, I think we got to curb the, your use of literally. Just the, the word literally, I think you might use it a little bit too much. Did I, did I use literally at all? Yeah, like three times. You said not literally on the air, or literally in the air, or literally through the air. Oh, oh, 
No, I should say it more. Okay. I should literally Louisville say is literally. Literally more. gone at the end of the season. Uh, potentially literally. <laughs> potentially literally. I okay. Know. All right. Well, we better stop. And uh, please catch us next time on Off the Crossbar, a Real Salt Lake podcast, when we decide to do it again. We hope you've enjoyed your stay in our wonderful little village of rambling and soccer talk. Literally. Literally. Uh, Trevor, your homework for next week is find a player to replace Louis Gill on this roster, making about the same money, who's about the same age, and can and contribute significantly more to this team. I thought we already did that. That's what Luis Silva is. That's what I spent like 10, 15, 20 minutes rambling about. Well, he makes less, so. So we just pay him a lot more. That's okay. Uh, I, I um, want something more definite. Fitness. Like, definitely would contribute more. I thought we'd been over that, too. He scored 11 goals last year. How about find a player in Europe who makes that much? Okay. All like scour Swiss... League One and Championship uh, rosters. Oh yes, League One, perfect. Luke Mulholland. Don't we need at... the next Luke Mulholland. We don't need to look at Luke League One rosters. What are we talking about? Why League not? One's trash, by the way. If you didn't know that, it's not as good as the Conference Premier. Uh, it's better than Conference Premier by about mm. two divisions Maybe. of the English Soccer Premier or Pyramid. That might be true, but it's not as fun in football manager. <laughs> that's yeah, that's probably undeniable. Do you know who plays in League One? I think still plays in League One. If he still plays at all, who? Chris Birchall. Okay. Birchall, former they... LA Galaxy player. Oh yeah. Hmm. What a twat. Anyway, yeah, we definitely need to go. We're talking about League One players right now. Okay. Uh, thanks for joining us. Maybe. We promise that we'll try to get together again and. Include Jason this time. We missed his acerbic wit, I guess. Yeah, I feel like the whole speculation bit would have been way more fun with Jason. Yeah, he could have called us awful, which maybe would be good. No. Okay, so that wraps up this edition. Thanks for listening, I guess. If you made it this far, then let us know and we'll buy you a beer or a sandwich or a soda or something. So that means you, Mark. That was uh, Matt's promise. That was not Trevor's promise. No, no, Matt's that was do not represent the feelings of every member of the Off the Crossboard podcast. I was speaking for Trevor specifically there. Thanks for joining <laughs> us, and we'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. Go back to those gold sounds and keep on.